right, welcome back to the big program. Let's we- uh, welcome in, and normally this is a day, you know, it's Wednesday. It feels like Wednesday today for it me does. now because David Schlemko's in with us. Uh, morning, Schlemmer. Um, Good morning. Uh, David Schlemko, of course, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family, helping your family for over 40 years. Check out cougarcollision.com. Uh, How's it going? It's going good. And this is this is a neat aspect for you because now, for the first time in the five months that we've been going on, a little more than five, you're going to be with Mark Spector. I get spec. This Lucky is like, me. This is unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. So uh, time now for our... Uh, uh, let's just, I gotta find this uh, time now for on the mark. I've got about 8,000 papers going here. Time now for on the mark, uh, powered by booster juice. Visit a location today to, uh, refuel, refresh and re-energize or download the new booster juice rewards app to earn order and enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector from Bakersfield, California. Good morning, spec. I feel like, uh, <laughs> Condors farmhand here staying at the bakersfield marriott that's that's where you are <laughs> been a few uh few ahl players stay in this old joint i think and this is the first time you've uh, had this opportunity with david schlemko and but you've known schlemmer a long time yeah speaking of uh old defensemen maybe you know we've been talking all week about what what former what defenseman the order should be picking up here maybe we're looking at him right now uh, <laughs> uh, what kind of shape you in there schlemmer <laughs> not the best my friend not the best <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he's still got a couple of miles on here. I can. I look all right in the alumni skates, but yeah. uh, the pace is, you know, <laughs> not so great. It's pretty low. <laughs> Spec, uh, thanks for the pictures last night. Appreciate yeah. it. It must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, who knew Bakersfield had a had a tiki bar that's coming at you out of about 1974. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Drinking so, all booster juice there, I, I assume. Yeah, only booster juice at that tiki bar. You so I, I kind of looked at a couple of the picks. Is DNB in there in one of them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We had uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman and I are both up here, so okay. we had a, a fun evening together, a little bite to eat, uh, walk around Bakersfield downtown, which is uh, – you know, a little quiet on a Wednesday night, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, all of a sudden in this warehouse district, there's this peaky bar we stumble into. And uh, <laughs> holy cow, it was quite a place, got to tell you. Well, I, I love the um, the pictures that you sent me last night at uh, midnight. <laughs> Enjoyed them when I was in bed for an hour. It's an hour, it's an hour earlier here. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it was. And that's I'm going, I'm saying the same thing. But yeah, it, it was, a, as you said, it was kind of like right out of the 70s or 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and this is kind of a, it's kind of a weird town, Bakersfield. It's sort mm-hmm. of, it's, you're in California, but it, it's not a very California like town. It's the, ag, the industry around here is actually oil and agriculture it's more Mm. like texas and it's like california somehow uh pretty quiet downtown pretty quiet seems safe enough but uh i don't know i mean the orders like it here how long have they been in baco since they left um okc okc i mean they must have been here yeah have you been there slimmer no i've never been there how's the weather Weather on the whole trip's been crappy. Ah, <laughs> that's too bad. Cloudy, kind of, sort of rainy, cold. It's uh, not not the kind of weather you go to California for. But uh, well, what the heck, right? So yeah, and so you're going to be busy today and tomorrow there. Yeah, looking forward to getting back some. You know, it's like we took this huge break uh, for the All Star game. They played one game and then there's two more days mm-hmm. off. So 
I don't know how the Oilers uh, golf tournament in Palm Springs went yesterday. They were, they weren't getting great weather either. No. Uh, they'll practice at Grant Fears Rink, uh, where the Co- uh, Coachella Valley team plays uh, today, and they'll fly into Anaheim. I'm gonna. Uh, Danny Nugent-Bowman and I are both going down to the rink to see a practice here about 3 o'clock. The AHL team's coming off their all-star break as well, so they practice late this afternoon. We'll get a story and then hop in the car and uh, find our way down to Anaheim from here Hmm. somehow. What do you think, the? I guess, when you sit down and talk to Jack Campbell, what do you think that uh, little interview is going to be like? I don't know. It's a good question. I'd ask I'd ask you, okay, Schlemmer, you've been through this. Did you ever go down to the minors late in your career? I did, yeah. I went down a couple times. Uh, I went down once in Phoenix. Uh, I got like four points in two games, so that was good. Came right back up. And then uh, I actually finished my career uh, last half of my last year in the minors. So that, mm-hmm. not a lot of fun, but uh, you got to be a pro. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I would say to you, like, you've been through this. If, if, you're, if you're me and you're sitting down with Jack Campbell this afternoon, what, you know, what would you ask him? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough interview. I don't. I don't think I want that one to be. Uh, to be completely honest with you, but I don't know Jack personally. From what I see uh, in the media, he he seems like an awesome guy. So I'm sure he'll be cool with whatever you ask him. And I think he's handling this quite well, don't you? Think, yeah, Spec? I would say extremely well. Uh, definitely not an easy well, situation, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a shot to the ego. It's. Uh, it's just tough. Yeah, it is tough. And and you know what? It, it, it all always boils down to the same thing. The only solution for the guy who gets ends up in the minors, however you get there, is to play really well. Right. right? You go down there, you don't play good. Your team doesn't want you. No other team wants you. You know, it, it doesn't work. So he – Ken Holland actually told me the other day, guys, he said – I made a mistake when we sent Jack down. He he played in Edmonton, hadn't played very well. Team wasn't any good in front of him. And he said, we sent him down and started playing him right away. And his head was still spinning. He went down to the minor. I think in Abbotsford, they played their first couple of games. Mm-hmm. He didn't play very we played very poorly in, in for Bakersfield. Kenny Holland said, I should have sent him down, but given him a week just to collect his thoughts and yeah. to settle in. And we shouldn't have played him right away because it was it didn't go very well. So he's been there a while now. His numbers are excellent. In his last like eight or nine games, he's got about a nine twenty-eight or something save percentage. So he's found his game. He's playing very well here. The question is, Kevin, do you ever you know do you see a window where they call him up? Well, but, the thing is that the other part of that story too, Speck, is he's a victim of circumstance when the parent team goes on a sixteen-game winning streak what are you supposed to do you're not and and the guy that replaced you here has played awfully well i mean you can't you can't there's no way they could have done this in the last you know in the last month and a half so well the biggest thing is if you call jack campbell up you got to put calvin pickard on um waivers Mm -hmm. and there's been goalies getting plucked off the waiver wire there's a few teams around with goalie issues so there's no way the orders are putting Pickard on waivers. They uh-huh. just they can't afford to lose that. If they lose Calvin Pickard, they probably got to go trade for somebody. So mm-hmm. the fact that they that they don't want to put Pickard on waivers kind of nails Jack Campbell to the bench or to the 
hotel room or wherever he's staying here in Bakersfield, probably for the rest of the season, don't I, you think? I don't think that's any good for Stuart Skinner either to call Jack Campbell back up. You know, I think he's been dynamite ever since Jack went down and now he's the guy. I don't think that does anything good for him mentally to bring Jack back up and now there's another big controversy. Is he going to get back in and hmm. blah, blah, blah. Because you know what you have right now. You know that you know that Stuart knows he's the guy right yeah, and now, you, and he's playing and not, unreal. Not that he wouldn't know that, I don't think, but you would imagine that, and we think that Cal Pickard's going to play tomorrow night in Anaheim, and then Stu Skinner will play Saturday. Spec, I mean, thoughts? Yeah, on, like, I, I, I would assume so too. I've I've lost my team mm-hmm. there in Palm Springs, and I'm in yeah. Bakersfield, but I, what, I assume the same thing. Again, so what if Cal Pickard comes up with another stellar performance? It's just the way it is. That's this is what's happened. You know, Cal Pickard, if he plays another really good game tomorrow in Anaheim and the Oilers win, you just got to say, we're just running with what we have. That's just the way it is. Well, and I think there's a, you know, Dave makes the, the most important point. This is all about Stu Skinner. Every move you make, everything you do with your goaltending, Skinner's your number one guy, and he's blossomed here. He's turned into... This is the best hockey he's ever played for the mm-hmm. longest stretch he's ever played it. And your goaltending in Edmonton is the best it's been, you know, fill in the blank, Kev. How, yeah. When's the last time they had a goaltending situation you were this confident in in Edmonton? I mean, it's been years and years and years. Since so Talbot. What you're not going to do, yeah, maybe Talbot when he was going hot in 17. What you're not going to do is screw up what you got, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And you're right. It's circumstantial, but but Campbell's a victim of this. Yeah. He could have a, a 999 save percentage in Bakersfield. He's not coming up as long as it's going this well in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. All right. Dave, you like, I mean, again, from a team standpoint, and you see how things have been going here. It yeah, just, it's, it's too good. You don't want to rock the boat when you're yeah. winning this much, right? Simple mm-hmm. as that. So, Spec, uh, next uh, day or two, then, do you go to Anaheim tomorrow, or what? Well, how does it work? Like, what? Today or tomorrow? Like well, after practice? Morning, yeah. I'd like to wake up in Anaheim tomorrow. Okay. And, and driving around here, anyone who's driven to California knows you you probably do best driving at night. Mm-hmm. I got to go. Bakersfield is north of, of L.A., so you got to go through L.A. Mm-hmm. and get to Anaheim, which is south of L.A. So likely I'll drive after supper. And Daniel Nugent Bowman is with you in the vehicle? Yeah, he's riding shotgun. Wow. He's a free-loading athletic guy. You know those athletic guys that <laughs> hang around. Like, does he pick up a tank of gas here and there, or what does he do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. bought dinner last night. I, you know, oh, did he? I, you know what? I, I just picture, like, you know, the, the male version of Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Except driving off the cliff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I control the radio. I can tell you. Oh, that. yeah. I was going to say, who's in charge of the tunes? Uh, you know what? Uh, it's kind of funny because when, every time you play Anaheim, and you've played on some good teams, Dave, and some bad ones. Yep. When, when you're the Oilers and you play Anaheim, the fans look at every game against Anaheim and they say, you got to win. You should beat Anaheim. But you play Anaheim five times a year. You're not going to probably beat them five times a year probably beat them three or four times but you can lose to anaheim so you know what when you go on a streak like the orders had then you lose one the first thing you think about is we got to get back in the w column here all right so you know i i don't know what you take into that game dave do you, is it what's it like when you've won so many and you lost do you is there a bit of a different mental approach i guess when you hit the ice again yeah i, I think it's easy to kind of 
take a deep breath. You know, I think it, I think it helps that they're on the road, but mm-hmm. uh, like you said, this is a possible trap game where they kind of come in taking them a little lightly, but, uh, you know, hopefully they keep their foot on the gas and, and pick up where they left off. I, I thought they deserved to win in Vegas. Yeah. I thought they played a, a really strong game, so hopefully they keep her going. Hey, Spec, maybe you can get the uh, Sportsnet stats people on it and figure out what uh, the Oilers or team record is after, like, a, an outing, like a golf function in Palm Springs. <laughs> what what the record is the, the following game? I don't know if the players want those analytics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All I remember is that night that Sam Gagne had eight points against the Blackhawks. Weren't they going to Vegas or Palm Springs or something the next day on a little fun oh. trip? Oh, that's incentive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam probably had the PJ by himself after that game. <laughs> yeah, they, they're in Palm Springs with their owner, Daryl Cates. And like I say, they'll get a skate there today. So, mm-hmm. I, you know what? If you're hanging out with your owner, you're probably still on pretty good behavior. I don't think anyone's cutting loose too bad, Dave. Are they when the owner's in the room? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, And plus, again, <laughs> if you're on a golf course and it's like really crappy weather like it was yesterday, that, yeah, that, takes, a little, that takes a little out of it. That's true. Yeah. That does. All right, Spec. I know you got lots of reading and writing to do, and uh, good luck with your interview with uh, Jack this afternoon. Uh, so that'll get posted later tonight. Uh, probably won't happen until, until this evening. Okay. Yeah, we'll get that up this evening, and uh, I'll try to stay out of the tiki bar today, boys. Well, uh, never <laughs> mind. I don't care if you're in there. Just Enjoy. don't. Just don't drink anything of that bottle of rum that you posted. <laughs> Holy how, man! How potent hey. was that? I don't know. Well, I saw it's what it said: sixty-nine percent. It's a good thing all I did was drink milk in there, guys. That's yeah, all I yeah, yeah. You lie to your friends and I'll lie to mine, but let's not BS each other. Booster juice. You're the booster juice guy. Yeah. Spec the booster juice guy. Thanks, Spec. Have a good one. Safe travels, big guy. Hey, Spec. That's uh, Mark Spector uh, on the mark. Energized by booster juice. Get the boost you need at booster juice. Even though booster juice is one of the best refreshments going, I will guarantee you that Spec did not have one last <laughs> night in that tiki bar. Unless you, you know what? Like Booster Juice, if you poured in a good three, well, in, in the great big cups, a couple ounces of good, good Caribbean rum, that would be just fine. I Like what's like when you're on vacation, all yeah. the drinks are fruity and tropical. You can get every one of those fruits uh, in smoothie form at, uh, at BJ. Yeah, a little, a little shot of something in there, rum, some vodka. To, how about we might have to talk to Dale and Jimmy over at Booster Juice to get uh, a liquor license it'll, going. It'll, and it, <laughs> on the menu, it'll be the, the spec. The, <laughs> the adult version of Booster Juice. It's not a bad idea, to be honest with you. I mean, there's probably one out there. Well, how do you? I've got, I've got pretty creative with uh, ways yeah. to consume alcohol sometimes. Yeah. I can honestly say uh, in Booster oh, Juice has yeah. not yet been one of them. So, well, okay. I mean, pretty much every all-inclusive resort. Yes. That's like what you're getting, basically, right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. But without the, the protein boost. We've created uh, a, mo- we've yeah. created a monster. There's no booster in there. <laughs> yeah. When we come back, we'll uh, check in with Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers analyst. Have you ever crossed paths, paths with Bill? I have Schlemmer? not. Okay. No. Uh, Bill Lindsay, uh, one of the best commentators going. That in our ski report coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 922 in Edmonton. Time now for the puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their financing options. Learn more at FountainTire.com as we welcome in Bill Lindsay, analyst with the Florida Panthers. 
uh, Bill, you're with Kevin Carries and former NHLer David Schlemko. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning, gentlemen. How's everything in Edmonton? Well, after a 16-game winning streak, it was pretty wild uh, just to see the reaction after the Oilers lost one. So how's that sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 16 games, that's a that's a tremendous effort, especially where you're at in the standings, everything. Going that way, so you drop one, come out of a break, no big deal now. It would have been a big deal earlier in the season, but you know, after winning 16 games, it's just a, a little hiccup and pretty impressive what they've done. They, watching them from the outside mm-hmm. and the Oilers, many fa- thought they'd be a Stanley Cup favorite. People jumped off the bandwagon. Now people are just scrambling <laughs> to jump back mm-hmm. into that boat and get – Get on board with the Oilers again. Yeah. Did you get a chance, Bill, to watch a few games sort of in-depth and, and kind of, uh, I guess, sort of, you know, in your position, analyze how they were playing a lot tighter defensively and things like that? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. It was it got when Chris Knobloch got there. And to, to me with the Oilers, what I've always been looking for for that group is to have a team concept. Uh, I mean, you got Drysaddle, you got McDavid, Hyman, you, you got star players that carry the load. But the bottom guys, the, the third and fourth lines, you want to come in, you want to have a role on the team. I think Chris Knobloch was able to integrate some of the guys like like Derek Ryan, like McLeod, in, into different roles, into penalty-killing roles to kind of stretch out the minutes of the bottom bottom six guys, feel make them feel a bit more part of the team and, Get McDavid not always around 24 and dry cell 25, bring them mm-hmm. down to, to 21, 22, make it a team concept. The pinches weren't as bad. Uh, they got noticeably better off the rush, uh, defending the rush. Uh, early on watching, they would pinch with no forward support. So it seems like there's a, a lot more commitment and a lot more buy-in. But to me, when when you come to the rink, and everyone has a purpose and has a job to do. I remember playing on teams where I played five, six minutes a night. I didn't want to go to the rink. It wasn't yeah. hockey was not fun uh, when I was just played with Kovalchuk in Atlanta. He was on the ice all the time when Burry was down here in Florida all the time. But we were we weren't winning, and it, it mm-hmm. just I played on teams that win. And uh, it seems like Chris Knobloch's been able to tighten it up, goaltending, penalty killing. But you've been able to get more defined roles and bringing Corey Perry in is going to help that. Uh, so, so to me, from when I look at Edmonton, they went from just kind of just playing hockey to now a team that's kind of mm-hmm. united together with a lot more definition and what everyone's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good points. Great points, Bill. I couldn't agree more with uh, pretty much everything you said there. Um, I think Mark Stewart, obviously, uh, I think deserves some credit there too, especially on the PK. I think uh, he's really tightened up the PK and, like you said, uh, brought more of a roll on for those bottom six forwards there. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about Florida a little bit. Um, they, they just don't seem to get the attention they deserve for me. Maybe it's because they're a Southern, a Florida team. It seems like people are talking about them a little bit more lately just because of maybe the physical kind of rambunctious style they've been playing. But um, why, why do you think that is? They, they don't get the attention they deserve. Well, we had a lot of bad ears. <laughs> so, uh, you, you got to earn that. And we did that last year with going to the Stanley Cup. Many thought as an eighth seed, was it 
just kind of a hot stretch and a hot run. You could have been out in the first round. Everything had to go right into that Boston series. But once you get on past that, you were pretty dominant against Carolina and Toronto and were banged up but faced a really good Vegas team. But they came into this year, they don't need the attention and all the media to to know what they're about because they're very happy down here our rink, we've been getting 17,000 a night consistently, mm. at least sometimes 18, 19,000. Awesome. So the fans are back in the building. That's what our ownership is concerned about. And the, and South Florida down here pays attention to the Panthers, which was not always the case. Paul Maurice has changed the identity of this team from when they won the president's trophy to run and gun. He talked about it to that, that chippiness style forechecking hard on the pucks play good defensively structured and they know who they are. Uh, if you take a look, if, if you want Edmonton, who are they? What are they about? You're starting to understand that they're starting to get into their, their DNA, their identity. Well, the Panthers found that in the second half of last year and they came into this year after that Stanley cup run, knowing exactly how they want to play. All the systems were in place. So they hit the ground running, even without Montour and Ekblad. So you don't have to, to talk about them. This team is so, so bought in in the locker room. And they it's all structured around really, really solid, mm. solid defense. And they kind of work it out work it out from there but they've got they that's just exactly what they are they they you're going to be it's, you, if you play the panthers it's going to be brutal it's hard mm. every yeah. single night you are going to have to work for every inch on that ice and that's the way paul maurice wants it bill Lindsay, our guest kevin carries david schlemko on sports 1440 bill does a color analyst for the florida panthers uh, bill what's what's gm bill zito going to do with uh well, a guy that's having a phenomenal season, Sam Reinhardt here, and I almost likened to what the situation was in Toronto with uh, Willie Nylander and uh, the situation being a UFA moving forward and the, the season that he's having, the contract, etc. What do you see happening here in the next little bit with uh, Sam Reinhardt? Yeah, it's interesting. They want to get a, probably get a deal done. Just what is the price going to be and how much can you ex- does they expect to pay him? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be uh, Bill Zito's been able to work a, a lot of magic, and Sam Reinhardt's having one of those breakout years that he's never experienced before. Twenty goals on the power play. How do you define those metrics? Is going to be uh, kind of what Bill Zito's going to have to dig into because this is a year like he's never had before. Mm-hmm. So do you say this is who he's always is moving forward? Is he a fifty goal scorer or is he? Just had a, at a the shooting percentage is around twenty seven percent. If he's able to maintain that, that seems unlikely. So some regression. Yeah. So there has to be a kind of a happy middle ground there. But they want to get a deal done and find that in place. And you have to work around it too. With it. they want Montour and Forsling in this <clears throat> fold too with discussion. So mm-hmm. those those are the three big guys that they're going to have to make decisions on. Uh, Reinhardt with this year, you would love to have him back. We'll just see what the price tag and the negotiations end up being. But Bill Zito's been very, all the moves that he's made has been very, very calculated. So I'm sure he has a plan in place, a number in place, and just going to try and work off that. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, 
Bill, I, I just I saw this video the other day of uh, a bunch of the Panthers getting to the rink in their golf carts. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you saw. I think it was on TSN or something. But um, yeah, I, I know you've been down in Florida for a while. Um, I I played in Arizona, lived down in the South for a long time. Um, there's a lot of fans up here in Canada that don't understand why guys like playing down there. You know, they'll say it's it's not a hockey market. The fans aren't as good, but. You know, as players and probably as a broadcaster too, I'm sure you love it there. Can you just speak a little bit to maybe the advantages of living in the southern climate as a hockey player? Yeah, David, I felt I when I first came down here, I came from the Quebec Nordiques, and when I first got a chance here, we had a really good team in those early '90s. And I put on the flip flops. We had training camp at Doral, and you just it's. When you go outside and it's sunny, it's 70 degrees every day, you come home after practice, uh, you don't stay inside. You go outside, you go down to the beach. The winters seem to fly by, and hockey's part of it, but you're you're able to kind of escape. And you talked about these guys and their golf carts. Well, after practice is done, a lot of these players live on the intercoastal, right on the water. You wake up, you have breakfast, you sit outside on your porch, and you just watch the boats go by. You also have a boat of your own. So after practice, if you want to take your boat out, a lot of these players just get together, take their boat out, drive the new practice rink, which is in right downtown Fort Lauderdale, where these guys are living. Uh, you can take your golf cart all over to a million different uh, restaurants. Uh, there is the property tax, or sorry, the income tax factor that that, right. <laughs> that plays in, but that's not much. But the, just the quality of life that uh, that you sustain here and uh, if you want to go out and play nine holes after mm-hmm. after your practice do it if you want to go out on your boat go fishing for two hours you can it's just it takes your mind off the game and it just really lends itself to what I found is a culture that was man this to just to be out there when you see the sun every day i honestly after being down here for 30 years if i my wife's parents live in victoria if i go out there in victoria and it's cloudy for two weeks i'm like depressed i I have a hard time i have a hard time i get that sad that seasonal affectionate disorder starts starts to kick in so there is something just about it depends what you want out of there's different markets and everything is special right. about a different place but that is what we have to offer down here is you can do just just about everything that you want on a perfect summer day because that is our that our, our winter is it rains a few times in the winter and that's about it not bad. Yeah. Bill, <laughs> Bill Lindsay, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Uh, when you're talking about your career, Bill, the, the, uh, the, when you got to Florida, the 95-96 team, can you just share some memories about how um, special the team was and, and the great run that you went on? Yeah, it was good back then in the early 90s. And to be with those guys that you look at Brian Scrudlin, Scott Mellenby, uh, Roger Nielsen was our coach. Doug McLean then came in, took the Stanley Cup Finals. But the, they were they were such quality people to be around, and that's where I learned how to stay in the NHL. That if uh, you, uh, you could skate, and Roger taught me, just dump it out, 
dump it in, hit some bodies, <laughs> play defense. You can you can find your way in this league. And then I had Scott Mellonby, Scoodle, and Fitzgerald, Lowry, Stubarn. I just had all these guys to lean on for support, and they were they were so special and mentors and. What's what's uh, so we had that Stanley Cup run and it was outrageous. It was fun. The fan base, so rats, one of, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the, the rat, rats. the rats. It's a once in a lifetime experience, but to go through it with the people that I went through it means the most. And the the, the best thing I can say about all, that team and all those people, if you look at the majority of them and look at what they're still doing with their lives and hockey are outside of hockey they've uh, I can't look back on anyone on that team that's got divorced mm-hmm. um, they can't look back on anyone on that team that has not had a really fulfilling life after hockey for the for the most part so that kind of speaks volumes of just what we had character wise here in the early 90s hmm. um did you guys? I mean, you lost to Colorado in the final uh, four straight. Did did I mean that was a great team Colorado had? But did you kind of maybe just run out of gas a little bit too? Yeah, a bit. I would say it's a, a different outcome. Uh, we Boston in five, Philadelphia in six, and Pittsburgh in seven. My only yeah. chance at the Stanley Cup, if there was one series that I would want rest for and time to prepare. It would be the Stanley Cup because it was strange. We had breaks between Boston and Philadelphia, but after Pittsburgh, right to Colorado, one day of practice, right into the Stanley Cup, and you're inundated media, family, it, your head's just spinning, and then the puck drops, and it was a competitive first game, get blown out in game two, and then we were able to refocus, come back here, maybe thought, but you're in a hole quickly. I wouldn't say so much just ran out of gas as, they they were an inch better than us. Uh, we lost game three by a goal and game four in triple overtime, one to nothing. So the margin of error was, it, it just becomes so slim. I just, uh, to look back, if we had a, just some time to get ready for it, but they were, you got to give Colorado credit. Yes, they were the better team. Uh, we fought so hard all the way, but to have a goaltender like Patrick Waugh, we just, didn't didn't have enough of what we needed in that final element in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Bill, what, one last one for you. Washington in Florida tonight. Just uh, your thoughts on that game, and then uh, maybe you just have one quick follow up uh, regarding the Capitals. So yeah, tonight after a disappointing loss, the Panthers came out uh, flat against the Philadelphia Flyers. Played all right mm-hmm. in the first period. Second and third period was just very lethargic out of the break. Uh, so expect a much more up-tempo tonight, upbeat. Let's get after this capital team. Uh, try try and get two more points. they got a big game coming up on Saturday against Colorado. Make sure you don't look past <laughs> this Washington team and, and get it. The Washington team, if I look at that Metro division, they're the one team that's kind of hung around the playoff race. I just didn't have any belief in them at the start of the year. And the problems that they've had to go through, Ovechkin only 10 goals. Mm-hmm. Oshie's been hurt for the majority of the season. Backstrom retires. Kuznetsov in the players' assistance program when he was playing. He was invisible. They're trying to get young guys inserted into the, to the lineup. It's transition. It's, it's an older team with a lot of old guys with some younger younger kids that they're trying to trying to put in the lineup i just don't see them hanging around in that metro uh, that's the one team that 
just the trouble scoring goals. Yeah. There's, there's a that's where the the Gretzky record. I was just going to say yeah, that's what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, and the Gretzky record and now, now it really becomes a thing. Yeah. If Ovechkin ends up here with 17, 18, 19 goals, and now turns 39 years old, and Wayne Gretzky said the first 800 goals are easy. <laughs> after that, after that, after that, Father Time, it be it, it becomes an issue. So with Ovechkin trying to chase this on a very bad team on a power play that's not very good, where he normally gets his goals, that's that's the only thing for the Capitals rooting wise. If you're a fan that you're kind of interested in is where does this play out? But <laughs> what seemed to maybe be a foregone conclusion is not so anymore. So I'm going to watch Ovechkin firsthand tonight. That's going to be top of mind for me. And we'll, we'll see what's that at, but father, T- father times undefeated and <laughs> starting to catch up not only to Ovechkin, but the whole, this whole cap yeah. capital team. They're, they're yeah. kind of in a, a real transition mode. 62 back. Do you think he can still get there? He'd have to play. So 62 yeah. ends up another 10, 50 back. So we'd have to go th- at 39 years old, 20, 40 years old, 20, and then 41, 50. Yeah. Ah, ah. What are you then? What are you doing? You're just hanging around for, you know. Yeah, you're just really, really, really chasing it. Uh, it's not like I he mean, brings a lot other than scoring now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, the, that's the problem with, like, he can score a lot of goals where he scores on that power play with sneakers on. Yeah. He's got four on the power play. He's got two or three empty netters. That's How many, like, just with the five on five with the goalie, and there's only been three or three or four this whole year that he's mm-hmm. scored in that that type of scenario, not moving like he like he used to. It's uh, it's uh, it just depends on how long and this. It, it, to me, you would have to change teams. This capital teams, it's not going to be. They're they're not. They're one of the teams that's really going to take a hit here in the next couple of years and fall back and then have to rebuild it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, hey, Bill. Thanks for uh, your time this morning. Enjoy the game uh, tonight, and uh, we'll we'll chat soon. Appreciate it. All right. I always appreciate. It. Thank you, guys. Good luck up there. Yeah. Thanks, thank Bill. you. That's Bill Lindsay, Florida Panthers analyst, and our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Offerings. When we come back, we'll have a little uh, open time. A little. We're going to talk a little. Uh, WM Phoenix Open with Schlemmer. Then we'll do uh, in or out at the top of the hour, Duke, just to give us a little extra time because I know the Duke has put together five unbelievable topics again today. How long did it take you last night? Just all night again? Always, always all night. (laughs) I uh, was watching those couple games on yesterday afternoon. I was like, man, what's what's hot? What's popping? And then you know a couple topics throughout the course of this morning uh, in uh, inspire yeah. a few uh, a few more questions. Well, I like yeah, it. It's got some good stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, stay with us. Kevin Carey, David Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Just before we get to talking a little golf with uh, David Schlemko, our co-host, normally on Wednesdays, but Thursdays, and it does feel now it feels like Wednesday to me. Yesterday it felt like Thursday because Laddie was here. 
but it does feel now a little it's like bit disappointing. Well, it's not the weekend. Well, no, I have to get in that mindset, Schlemmer. I got. I'm thinking. I got two more days before the weekend. We're moving backwards in time. We are. It's just like Back to the Future. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your time in uh, Phoenix, obviously, with the yep. uh, Waste Management Open. A lot of good memories. We'll get to that in a, in a second. But first off, here's uh, the lovely and talented Donovan, the intern, with the ski report. The Sports 1440 Ski Report. This is your ski report for Thursday, February the 8th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Mild temperatures are making for less than ideal snow conditions right now at resorts in Alberta and eastern BC. Jasper is reporting 4 centimeters in the last 24 hours and 17 centimeters of snow in the last four days. So there should be some good skiing and snowboarding up at Marmot today. In Banff, Lake Louise has had 15 centimeters of snow in the last five days. Sunshine, 19 centimeters in the last seven days. And Norquay, 23 in the last week. Nikiska has had five centimeters in the last two days. And Castle Mountain has received 44 in the last week. Kicking Horse by Golden had four centimeters in the last two days. And Revelstoke, 10 in the last two days. In the last week, Fernie has had 22 centimeters. Kimberly, 18. And Panorama, 21. Looking a bit south of the Okanagan, Baldy Mountain Resort received 25 centimeters in the last couple of days and is looking forward to one of their big POW Thursdays today. The resort's Eagle Chair is closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, making for great conditions on Thursdays, especially this week with a ton of recent snow. Local hills are in full mid-season operation with good coverage, but some icy sections. That was your Snow Valley Ski Report. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now, and we'll talk a little golf with David Schlemko because the WM Phoenix Open, to you, it's the waste management. Uh, David Schlemko spent many years in uh, Phoenix playing for the Coyotes. So how many times did you go to this tournament, even after, and things like that? Um, I haven't been since I played there, okay. actually, but uh, I was in the organization for seven and a half years. Yeah. So, so you were down there lots. Probably like... At least six or seven years, yeah. Now, when you go in there, do you race to go to the 16th hole? Or are you walking around? What are you doing? I'm not one of those guys that's there at the crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why not, man? Uh, well, you know, there's the, the Phoenix Thunderbirds that put on the events. They're yep. like a big charitable group. So they would usually give us passes to the 16th hole. Hmm. So you'd get to go up, uh, up in the big boxes there and... Uh, We'd actually play a game. It was pretty fun. Um, I think it was me, Keith Yandel, and Dave Moss. We'd always go up, uh, find a box on the 16th hole. So every oh group boy. that come by, I think it was probably a Thursday or Friday because it was yeah. threesomes. So you know, you'd each take turns drafting a player, take turns who got to pick first, obviously, but uh, closest to the pen, right? So each each guy throws in 20 bucks for every every group that comes through. You pick the guy who gets closest to the pin, you get the money. Second place, you're good. Third place, you crush your beer. Really? And I bet there's about uh, 15,000 people that are playing that game as well. Oh, yeah. No, nobody wants nobody wants the golfers to do well on that. No. Hole. They're, they're hoping you miss the green so they can boo the heck out of you. That, that's the biggest thing is that... Um, if you are if you have a poor shot, you're going to hear it. You're going to oh, get it. Oh, yeah. They want to boo you. 
Actually, the best thing was the caddy races. They outlawed those mm-hmm. a few years. And back, someone tripped, I think, on the cactus or something. Yeah, <laughs> cactus went up the ass or something like that. Yeah, well, pretty much anything goes. It is. It's like a party with golf. So I think the and you're a good golfer, Slammer. We know that decent. Well, you're pretty good. But I think the players go. This is one hole, one event. Let's embrace it. Let's, you know, because you talk about tradition and the integrity and all that. Yeah, and it gets brought window. up. It gets brought up. Yeah. Yeah. That's all out the window. So I think they event. go for one time. Eh. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the 16th though. Like, it's literally, it's, <laughs> it's nuts everywhere. They have the bird's nest, which is like a concert venue party mm-hmm. there. There's players. Some of the players are there all night. It's, uh, it's quite the time. Danny Saul, we had on at 8 o'clock, catting for Corey Connors. They tee off at 12.55. Right now, Shane Lowry has the lead. Three under. Three under. And tied for second, T2, Joel Damon. And here's another connection. Uh, So I was telling the story with uh, Danny Saul and uh, Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors up at the Boreal Synchrode Open in Fort McMurray. I used to cover the Canadian Tour. Cool. And it was up there. And Joel Damon won it one year. Oh, hey. So we're talking. He's a man of the people, hey? Well, Joel Damon, a great story. And I did s- several stories with him because he beat cancer. Yeah. So if you if you see Joel, he's he's usually wearing the, the you know, the, gi- the, the Gilligan hat. Yeah. You know, and obviously, and I think he had cancer a couple times, but he beat it just recently after he won that tournament. And uh, I don't have it up here, but I mean, we're talking 10 years ago at least. So, and then for him to find his way and those guys on the Canadian tour, you know, the purses are 50, you know, yeah. you know, you're making 38, 37,000. You're playing for pride. To win, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're playing to get to the corn fairy tour. Yeah. You're chipping away. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to get on the corn fairy tour, you know, like Will Bateman's another example, won the Edmonton open here. And then made it to the Corn Ferry Tour because of the order of merit on the, on the Canadian PGA Tour. And then to get to where he yeah. is now on the Corn Ferry. I mean, watching Joel Damon on that uh, the Netflix show there, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's like the biz of golf, super self-deprecating. Self is that the, the, what's the name of the show again? Full Swing or Full something? Swing. Full yeah. Swing, season two, coming out in another oh. month, I think, here. Yeah, he's great on there. Mm. Speaking of, a quick note on Netflix, just wrapping up that uh, the series Griselda. Oh, I just finished it last night. Did too. you? Don't yeah. ah, really? <laughs> Great show. I got one more to go. Well, we, uh, Laura and I have one more to go. So yeah, that was, that was good. Oh well, yeah, and it's about the She's drug. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a couple of things in it. I, the one thing that caught my eye right off the, in the very first. Uh, and do you know what we're talking about, Duke? No. Do you? Uh, yeah, I've, oh, I've okay. seen the ads. So I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but it's uh, very first. You know, when they come up from black in the first episode, uh, what is it? Pablo Escobar, probably one of the most feared men yeah. on the on the planet. <laughs> His line is at the top. So I, I, I'm so paraphrasing. The only I, man I was, I was ever afraid of was a woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was never afraid of a man. The only man I was afraid of was a woman, Griselda Blanco. Ooh. Yeah, she's just an absolute. And it's a Sophia uh, Vergara playing her. Mm. And I think yeah, pretty I good. looked. I looked up the, or my wife looked up the real Griselda. Yeah, not, not quite as good not, looking as no. Sophia. And they've tried to make <laughs> Sophia a little unattractive, like or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, you know, they've, she's got I think a fake nose and everything or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a good one. Top of the hour, we were gonna we we're gonna have uh, Brendan Jansen at ten twenty. That's uh, from the Nate Women's Hockey Program, the women's coach. Plus, we will be going. Are you in or are you out? Uh, that's coming up at ten o'clock. All before that. 
Time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Making his second guest appearance on the program, the lovely and talented Donovan the Intern.